0: It's a good barbecue. We can start whenever you want, by the way.
1: Oh, okay. Thanks. It's just odd to get so many compliments. <laughs> right. Okay. It does. He's going to go lie down. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, John Wick Chapter 2. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And, just like John Wick Chapter 2, our only way out is in. What way? I don't know. It sounds a bit like a euphemism, doesn't it? Like yeah, every exit is an that's entrance. Where, that's where are <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, if you've never heard the show before, then hold on to your pencils because you're in for a treat. Essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It is simple as that. There's also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans, including a caption contest, a quiz, some questionable impressions, some subpar xylophone playing, some silly sound effects, and a lot of banter. So this week's film on trial, as I said before, is John Wick, chapter two. Uh, That covers him. That's John Wick two. It
2: was going so well.
1: (laughs) So uh, is it... I don't like Wick it wow, you don't even feel committed to this <laughs> is it, is it, I love it I'm sorry <laughs> I realised I came up with that in a very short amount of time And I'm sorry um, so just to say this will be a very spoilerific episode so if you haven't seen John Wick Chapter 2 yet you can either listen to this episode after you've watched it it's available on Amazon Prime at the moment or you can just trust our judgments. alternatively you can fast forward to our quiz this week brought to us by the lovely Captain Dave, which we will highlight in the comments section below. Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was Men in Black International. uh I, here, I don't have an alien sound effect. <laughs> I said alien. I don't know what that was. I, that was. I mean, it's was the more first like a it more
0: Aquaman. It was the first thing I could think of. Was okay. it? Surely that would be an alien. I can do
1: the sound of a um, uh, UFO. I prefer Aussies. <laughs> right, well, uh, anyway. Um, Joel, you were the judge of that trial and you deemed that it should be placed on the shit list. Now, you've since gone away and watched Men in Black International. What do you reckon? you made the right choice or not?
3: Um, yeah. I'd, the best part for me was buying the popcorn at the start. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, okay, right. A short and sweet. Literally, <laughs> just like the popcorn as well. Um, so moving on to alex's film feels oh oh, okay
4: (laughs) Uh, so you know a famous part of the first film which is brought up in this second film is that john wick is pretty deadly with pencils so it just got me thinking what's your favorite sort of um, inventive death kind of surprising death in an action film Oh, I thought you were going to say involving stationery. Well, I was. If you can do it with stationery, you get bonus points. Oh, shit, I can't even think. <laughs> Is there any other... Um... Well, uh, we were just talking about it before, and uh, Matt Damon, I think it's in the for- first Born films, uh, in the first Born film, and the- kills a guy with... Not with a pen. He stabs him in the hand with a pen, and then with a rolled-up magazine, kills him, okay. I think.
1: What about uh, Gremlins 2? Doesn't somebody die uh, in a photocopy? That's true. Oh, that's probably true. And the uh, microwave as well. Yes, so there you go. Good one. Uh, I'm not going to say that is my pick, though. <laughs> right, come back to me. Uh, I,
3: I've got a few, but they're not really uh, action films. I think pretty much any of the deaths in Final Destination are pretty creative. That's true, uh, and also um, any fil- any of the uh, deaths from from Freddy Krueger. Some of those are just absolutely mind blowing when you you know consider what you're actually watching. And also Jason. For uh, he's as well, like some of the ones like where he just zips up the woman's sleeping bag and smacks it against the tree. It's just like, oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't good. Think sorry. Yeah, I think some of the ones in Final Destination are just fucking ridiculous. They started off when you watch the first one, like, oh, yeah. getting hit by a bus, and oh, you know, like, something flies off a train and decapitates him, or you get hit by a fallen sign, but then later on, when it's like, you know, the fifth or the sixth in the series, it's like, how the fuck did that even happen? <laughs> I can't I can't even think, like, the one where he gets hit it's by a... Qu- it's ho- quite convoluted, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's... It's like it's like a a, a game of mousetrap. It's like you know, it's not not just one thing. It's about seventeen different things yeah. that happen before you even get hit.
2: Yeah, yeah, which probably ties into my most inventive death, Robocop. Paul <laughs> McCrane, the most unfortunate henchman in Robocop history, who basically gets covered in poorly placed toxic waste, partially melted, he's staggering out into this, is it like a construction site mm. or something, and gets taken out by a van. It's like, <laughs>
4: <laughs> just like that needed to happen. It's, just like, it's a precursor to all the so final it's, it's almost a mercy van killing at it that is, point, it's, isn't
1: it? It's that, like... is, that is the best death there. That is, and, absolutely, and the special effects for like 1987 were absolutely incredible.
3: And the sequel, The Toxic Avenger, is pretty good as well. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, um, oh, uh, well, I I've, I would say my favorite isn't uh, it's not as inventive as that, but it I always, always makes me kind of like stand up and want to applaud. It's at the end of Die Hard Four, you know when uh, Oh Jesus! I know <laughs> Timothy Olyphant's got uh, John McClane. You know he's sort of he's burying a gun in his in his shoulder wound, and he's saying, you know, oh he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. That'll be on your gravestone. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> how about a and then shoots Timothy Olyphant through himself. <laughs>
2: like, it's just like oh, yes, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty. yes, yeah. and then I, dies of bleeding yes <laughs> I, thought, I thought you'd say shoot him up you know death by carrot that
4: was good that, that's good too <laughs> is
2: it
4: though yeah, what, yeah. let's it? put it on trial because
0: yes.
2: one day we will do shoot him up should, we should
0: we've definitely talked about it enough to, to put it on trial I feel mine, we should um, mine's sort of following on from Dave's in that it was a very slow death and it was um, the henchman in Austin Powers,
1: yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the uh, steamroller, yeah, like steam lovely. The classic. Yeah, yeah. It's much about slow death in Austin Powers. One about Will Ferrell is The one which just goes on for ages. Anyway, anyway, thank you very, very much for that, Alex. <laughs> okay, precise <laughs> point. So, onto the bulk of the show. This week's film on trial, as mentioned before, is John Wick Chapter Two. Um, fuck it. What was it? Uh, everybody's Kung Fu Fighting. Oh.
5: <laughs> <laughs> <supposed to> be. <laughs> yeah. And to be
1: fair, that pretty much sums up John Wick 2. Everybody is <laughs> Kung, Fu Kung Fu Fighting. fighting. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, it has been picked out of the hat at random. Apologies. I don't know who nominated it or why they went for number two instead of number one or number three. But here we are. Um, but, you know, here we are. <laughs> uh, anyway, all of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random as well, so acting in defence and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Joel and Alex. Now, Joel is a little bit like John Wick, emotionless and... Can't Parallel Park for shit. It's <laughs> the last time I could do a lift anyway. <laughs> and Alex is just like Lawrence Fishburne's The Bowery King. Thanks. I mean, I <laughs> don't know where this is going. already, already know where this I is going. I don't need to say why. You're homeless. But well, you do look homeless, right? <laughs> yeah so in the roles of prosecution and trying to get this film placed on this shit list will be Dave and Ozzy now Dave is like Lance Reddick's Sharon uh, the list of similarities is quite long here to be honest, he always dresses smartly he's always working, he's dependable he loves dogs and he probably has a love of Greek mythology hence the name, let's uh, see that wasn't mean enough was <laughs> Ozzy sorry, 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 just, just hold it <laughs> a second homeless, I mean?
4: emotionless, well <laughs> <laughs> dressed and, well- and cultured Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and, and he's probably into some really weird porn. Is that better? <laughs> You're just speculating about Lance Reddick now. A little, to be honest. <laughs> okay, and Ozzy is very similar to Common's character Cassian. He's bald, he wears a lot of black turtlenecks and <laughs> we know he's technically a good guy but we still want to see him get the living piss beaten out of him. <laughs> now, just like real court advocates, we will be making, or say everyone else will be making the best case for their roles. They may or may not be the real opinions though so do stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear their genuine thoughts which means this week i have the most important role as i will be playing the judge i'm a bit like ricardo scarmuccio's character santino d'antonio uh that's all right that i like just reading that off the script I like, <laughs>
5: um,
1: anyway i'm quite volatile and i always carry a blood-stained coaster around with me <laughs> which reminds me uh, if you guys don't use the coasters that i've provided on my new floor <laughs> slash furniture uh, then i'll make john wick's pencil kill look like a fucking school talent show magic
2: trick. He will, you know. I love that, how, uh, that's my blood on the coaster
1: <laughs> i love how i didn't even have to say anything unless he automatically just looked over to where his glass was placed um now i must decide which list the film should be placed on hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to me and not using my own opinion so before we get started i think we should give the listeners a a bit of a better understanding as to what the film is about and spin the wheel of impressions so here we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters of the film so this week it has landed on me so how should i read out the synopsis
3: i feel like we've done Ian McShane before haven't we i, yeah. I
4: can i vote for peter stormer's russian accent
2: <laughs> Peter Storm is a good one Keanu Reeves always a good one Keanu Lawrence is a Fishburne's good one. a good one yeah
1: gav yeah, gone what would you like oh, what would you like do? Uh, or, Ozzy do you want casting vote I imagine involved? they don't on all of them to be honest but
2: I
0: reckon
4: I'd like to hear you do a Russian accent okay um, but but kind of Swedish. Stormer's <laughs> Storm <laughs> um, Russian accent. After
1: returning to the criminal. That's Dracula.
4: <laughs> Sesame Street, you do now.
1: Still bad. Uh, So after returning to the criminal. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> one two. <laughs>
1: John Wiggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit. Can, is it going to do something else? Hang on. What? I can't even think of how a Russian person sounds now. Oh, wow. I've been to Russia. <laughs> I've been to Russia. My girlfriend is a Russian historian. I hear Russian every other day. And now I can't even do
2: it. If it makes you feel any better by the sounds of Peter Stormer, he doesn't know what <laughs> Russian sounds <laughs> like. I do Peter
1: Stormer. Okay. Um, after returning to <laughs> <laughs> the underground <laughs> to repay a debt, John <laughs> Wigg discovers that large bounty has been put on his life oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> It's a really good <laughs> Count Dracula <laughs> It's a really good, it's a good
2: Count von Count from Sesame yeah, yeah, yeah. Street so <laughs> I, so, uh,
1: In my defense I thought you were going to say Keanu Reeves and I automatically went to Dracula <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, anyway, so um, I think without further hesitation, allow me to kickoff proceedings so um uh, defense so alex I, and joel how does this film start talk me through the plot a little bit what, what happens so at the end of john wick chapter one he essentially he, he gets uh he, he, he kills alfie allen he kills the bad guy he gets his dog back i oh, know he doesn't actually get a new dog and then he goes home so how does this one start then <laughs> so it's pretty good it starts pretty much immediately after like
4: he's chasing down the last people the criminal gangsters that's the peter Stormare character who's brother of i can't remember his name in the first film um but the big gangster alfie allen's dad oh yeah in the first one so you know it's still connected he's getting his car back and there's a great you know great action scene so it starts like it means to go on great action scene sort of ties into the first film bing bang boom we're on we're off on john wick too Then you realize that actually the events that happened in the first film mean he's now like tied in and he's got to get a marker. There's the whole laws of the world that he lives in, sort of operates in, start to come into play. And so he has to basically, you know, just go and uh, start shooting people, you know? And there's not a lot more than you need to, to it than that. Well, I feel there, like there is a, a little bit there, more. There, there, so. And there is. There's enough sort of sensible plot going on, but, you know, it's, it's sort of just really, you know, moving from the next bit to the next bit.
1: So, okay, Ozzie, does he go from essentially just getting his car back to just shooting people? What is that, that is essentially
0: the entire <laughs> okay. film. There's, um, there's very little plot to this whatsoever. In actual fact he didn't even need to get a car he had a nice car at the end of the last one that he was he was given there's a uh... By his buddy, wasn't he? Because he lost his favourite car. Got another nice car. Oh, yeah. Didn't need to even get a yeah, good yeah. car. Yeah, I, I think the point of John Wick he is he gets just...
4: attached
1: to things. Do you know what I mean? And like, he just, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's
4: kind of his thing. Do you know what I mean? No, I mean, sounds like a reasonable guy.
1: Okay, so, uh, so, so what what happens? He starts shooting people in the face? Oh,
4: okay. So he's he's drawn back into the world. Because of his uh, actions in the first film, he's drawn back into the world. So he's, they, they give a, a, an old acquaintance gives him a marker which apparently means he has to do what he says basically okay and he'd gotten out of a life but now he's back in a life that means he has to follow certain rules and that you know that that comes into play so unwillingly he has to go and be an assassin again basically again it makes sense but you know this is a john wick 2 film it's not something that it doesn't like take away from the action it just sort of lets you you know bubbles
1: it along really nicely okay uh, um dave do you agree with that the, the plot
2: uh no not particularly i think it's very basic ploy there's nothing new being brought to the table here it's very it's, it's apart from the uh the idea of p- placing your blood inside this uh i don't know a coaster i think the is marker. the way Gav described it <laughs> <laughs> the marker yeah well it's essentially a coaster aside from that which we've seen blood odds being made before that's the only really novel thing about this you know being dragged out of retirement to repay an old debt or something like that is this has been going on in gangster movies since the 60s there's nothing new to this
1: so one of my questions that I have is, too often you get with sequels, it's just carbon copy of the first one. The first film was really, really successful, so they steamroll ahead with the second film, and it's essentially just the exact same as the first film. Does that happen this time around, Joel? Is, or is there enough uh, different with this to make it a, a film of its own merit? Um, well, first off,
3: I think even if it was more of the same, it would be a good thing because it was extremely unique, the first one which is impressive in itself to say about an action film these days when you consider that pretty much everything has been done. Um, So I don't even think that would be a bad thing, but it doesn't do more of the same. Like the first one is very much a revenge mission. They kill his dog and he pretty much goes on a a big bender. uh, For an assassin. Um, But this one, it's a little bit different, as Alex mentioned, the marker, but the... the, um, The chap who gives him the marker uh, actually wants him to assassinate his sister. And then it turns out that actually he was kind of getting him to do that so that he could get rid of John Wick. And then, like, John Wick gets so pissed off that he ends up killing the person who gives him the marker in, like, the kind of safe zone, if you like.
1: Or the Continental Hotel.
3: Yeah, which then marks him out as being... um, What's it called? Excommunicado, that's the one. Uh, which basically means that every assassin, um, like known on their register, is texted John Wick's like photo and picture and they have to kill him. So it's completely different. There are elements mm-hmm. that, are, that are similar. And what a convenient setup for a third film, like.
1: <laughs> Yeah. So does it sort of end as a, as a, oh,
0: well, you know, now you've got to watch the third one now? Or? Essentially, because he's got nowhere to go and run and hide after pissing everyone off
4: nothing wrong with setting up a sequel it wraps up the themes of the of the second film you know it it... It does, and then you know it sets it up for a third one. Didn't you, know?
1: you say when you were defending, uh, prosecuting Alita that that was one of the most annoying things about it? <laughs> I don't think I didn't think I did.
2: <laughs> I, I recall, I recall those words. <laughs> to,
3: to be, you know, on that track though, Alita is a brand new film, which
1: yeah,
3: is completely different to having a successful franchise and it being number two and going. You know what? Let's
1: make a third one. Okay, so so when he um, he, he repays the debt. What what happens to, to John Wick? Is it a case of... Uh, what are the repercussions? So he kills the sister and then he's betrayed. And then they... Uh,
4: like the person who sent him on the mission then wants to tie up loose ends. So then he's got this Italian mob boss after him. And then that's when the film, I think, really, really, really starts getting even better um, he, the Italian mobster who's put him on the hit for, to kill his sister, then puts another contract out on John Wick. So all of the, you sort of have what you think is going to happen in the third film starts happening where you have all these assassins coming after John Wick. Which oh. just gives a really nice tie You know, it's, it's, you get these different, you get like a sumo. Guy who comes after him, and you get a violinist who comes after him. It sounds it look it looks better in the film <laughs> it,
1: than it sounds me saying the road, There's like a, as a baker with some like uh, a, a, it's, a roll it yeah, yeah, the, the samurai and a, it's a lime, really... and there
2: was a clown at one point.
4: <laughs> you also join that sequence because you know one of the funniest bits in the first film was when he goes, "I once saw." John Wick kills someone with a pencil, you know? And you're just like, oh, this is funny. And then you see him get to kill someone with a pencil and it's not that funny. Pencil, it's pretty horrendous, and two and people just with a pencil. How
1: he, how he sounds in the first film, like, fucking
4: King pencil! pencil! <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shit, okay, uh, so Dave, uh, is, is that exciting? Uh, Alex says that all these uh, new and interesting assassins coming out of the work while he's trying to, you know, he's on the run or he's trying to complete his mission. Um, it, it's a bit exciting, the, the more just coming out of everywhere, and... Uh, it, it, is that different?
2: It... Um, it's maybe slightly different, I'll give it that, but it's not particularly that interesting. The The scene with the assassins after the uh, assassination of G- Gianna, was that her name? The, yeah. the mob boss. After she's killed, he has a little shootout with her henchman. then he has a shootout with Santino's henchmen, and then the bit with the assassins, is not as interesting as it sounds, it's kind of just a montage, and it takes place over the course of maybe a minute, maybe two minutes at most, and this quick montage is, you know, he meets a couple of, like assassins with gimmicks and then that's about it it's all over and it's it blink and you'd miss it
1: okay and uh, joel well what, what do you think is is that the case um uh, do you think the uh, these assassins that David and alex were talking about do you think that they're just sort of generic um uh, assassins just thrown in there it's like oh yeah we'll give this one a violin or we'll give this one a stupid haircut or whatever what <laughs> or do, <you think? laughs> <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that uh that, you know that they're they, they fleshed out enough characters
3: well no they 're not like fleshed out characters they haven 't got any backstory or anything like that. but the film kind of gives you a deeper look at the world really, and you start to realize like you know just how many people are on these books and as is often the case in action films, a lot of the um you know characters that are killed just a kind of fodder that they're there to be killed and oh it's kind of is the case but it's not the case here because although they are there just to be killed like each fight that he has with an assassin isn't just like banging you dead it's like a little bit drawn out i don't agree with dave when he said it's like blink and you'll miss it there's a few kind of drawn out fights with with each of the assassins that he uh kind of comes across and some of them are um you know really inventive and really uh you know leave a mark on you when you watch the film.
4: And like, just to agree with what Joel said there, like, you know, Dave was saying and uh, Ozzy's saying, this film doesn't bring anything new to like, you know, and yeah, and I agree with Joel again when he said like, well, if it doesn't, it's still good. I think this film does though. It's sort of, in the first film, it introduced this idea of like the continental and this underground world of the assassins that seem to pay in gold doubloons and, and all these things that were very interesting. And yeah, in the second film, it explores that a little bit more and you start actually finding out a little bit. So it does add a little bit more. It is interesting. You do find out about the world and it's, you know, and it's what it needed because if it's going to be a trilogy, it needed
1: to explore it a little bit more. Okay. Um, so... Austin, Joel mentioned about these long-drawn-out fight sequences. Uh, What do you think about them? I mean, uh, often in films, uh, these days, action films, I find it quite infuriating when it's a bit of a shaky cam and all of the action is just so frantic, you can't really see what's going on. Is that the case here, or is it done differently? Uh, A bit bit of both.
0: Really, some of it is. Some of it, I think, is quite well done. The action, it is just... But the the problem with it, right, there's no plot. It's all... Action, it's all fight scenes it's fight scene after fight scene. After. It's a bit like watching like um like Wiley Coyote or something, you know, it's just constant all of the baddies are, are useless. These are all meant to be the top, top level. And and I and I get the idea that maybe you're meant to think that John Wick he's in he's in another league and they're just trying to hit that home, but the 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 gap, the gulfing class between John Wick and the next best guy is just unreal. It's just unreal. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Dave.
2: Um, yeah I have a real problem with the action sequences they actually got very repetitive they all seem to follow the same thing you know the camera is pretty much on Keanu Reeves it's on John Wick as he's like throws a guy to the ground shoots him in the head while he's on the ground the yeah. other henchman comes <laughs> streaming in and no one shoots him from a distance you wait until they, they join the camera shot and then he shoots them they, they, everyone kind of runs onto the camera guns lowered yeah. to get shot in the face it's almost like and it on just one gets one so repetitive comes... shooting from afar is no guy who thought of taking cover hiding behind a vantage point maybe shooting him from there and he's just like no let's just run at him with our guns lowered and wait for him to shoot us in the face
0: Was it this one when he gets run over or is that in the first one
4: both i wouldn't don't know but maybe maybe the third one (laughs) but but in the first one i
0: felt like there was a bit of people shooting him from a distance whereas in this one it starts Hmm. with him trying to get his car back right he's trying to get his car back but instead of just going in he's already in the place he's at his car and then he decides to kill like six or seven men and make a big deal out of it. And trash his car. Yeah, and then rings the guy who's in charge of things. So, oh, by the way, I'm a uh my car starts the engine oh, yes. and they kick up they kick up a fuss and then he leaves in a trashed car he, so, like,
4: so he fucks up his car even though he was trying to get it back <laughs> yeah. it's a john wick too for what's he gonna do politely ask for his car the guy's gonna be like nah, yeah yeah here's your car mate sorry about that but he's Off john wick he's gonna do what
2: I mean. <laughs> like who's gonna be watching the rest of that film why, like, I just, why <laughs> not just just send him a pencil and an envelope <laughs> yeah, and exactly. it's like, can, I, can i
3: have my car back please <laughs>
1: uh, so um yeah okay so one of the things I wanted to ask about is well, hang, hang, so you were saying about these assassins so uh, the, the, the film the plot it's quite you said it just starts after the first film yeah. so is he not fucking knackered like battering all these lads he's
0: a isn't he I think, like,
1: <laughs> it's not directly after yeah oh, is it not uh, it's within a week he's probably had a yeah. bath
4: or
3: something do you
1: know I <laughs> because <laughs> I'm thinking like he's uh, binge watched The Lord <laughs> of the
5: Rings sharpening <laughs> his pencils yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's had a
1: nice couple of sandwiches a hot meal and, uh, and he's back on the road <laughs> okay <laughs> right, so, so, uh, one of the questions I probably do have there is about, um, Keanu and his acting ability. So, uh, Alex, yes. Right. Uh, 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 how, how is Keanu Reeves in this?
4: I wouldn't say Keanu Reeves like is going to ever be winning an Oscar for the best like performance of someone who's like you know in pain or you know Would you he's, say that to his face? No! <laughs> no I wouldn't uh, But not after and that's John thing, Wick's that, face that's because <laughs> he's a million times and just carries <laughs> on He's incredibly dedicated to his role Keanu Reeves has had a really good career because he knows when to pick his roles like he's mm. picked some you know Point Break uh, The Matrix uh, John Wick I'm sure I'm missing out quite a few here but you know he, he knows when to pick his roles And he's picked the perfect one for him here. It's an absolutely perfect vehicle. It doesn't require a great range of emotion. What it does require is someone who's fantastic action and Keanu Reeves is amazing. The big I think one of the best things in this film is at no point did I think was there a shaky bit where I was like, Oh there's Keanu's stunt double stunt double or it, like he did I think almost all of the stunts in the film and that really shows there's a whole sequence and and I'd say that's like that's what's great about the action is it's not really close up it's not like you see arms flailing because so, they can't show the face because it's clearly mm-hmm. a choreographed fighter a lot of the rolling around shooting people in the heads and stuff that is Keanu doing it because he put a lot of effort into training to be able to do it and that really enhances the action of the film Dave,
2: agree. Um, to the to a point, I'd say his commitment to the physical side of it. Yeah, that really does set him aside. Otherwise, you're right. He does pick very good film roles. In that in this instance, he's f- picked a film role that anyone could have done. There's no real requirement Judy to Dench. be a good actor.
5: Good
2: could Judi do that? You never know. You never know. Okay, based on acting ability, which could Dench in James Bond. Yes. yes. What yeah. So at one, one point <laughs> she
0: was essentially John Wick. She, she was a suspect. She would never okay. have raised
2: herself to the top John of the John
1: Mick. <laughs> Irish descent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so what were you saying, Dave?
2: Uh, Yeah, just to say that anyone really could have done this role. Keanu Reeves, you know, I don't think he's a bad actor necessarily, but he's not a great actor. He doesn't really bring anything to the table in that respect. And yes. Like a
1: Sean Connery, if you would.
2: Yes, very much so. Very much so. Pick's a good film, though. And he has picked a good project, but how much kudos can you really really give the film? film. (laughs) How much kudos can you really give the film? For his decision, you know, mm-hmm. for, for him liking the script.
1: But was he was he good in it, though? I mean, regardless of the script and the
2: time He was fine, but he would have struggled to have been bad. There wasn't that much demand on him. Aside from the physicality, which he did embrace and he did very well. Okay. Aside from that, it, it would have been hard to mess this up
1: and uh, he didn't <laughs> <laughs> right, okay though he might not have made it up one thing that we have spoken about in the past is supporting players now obviously this is going to be about john wick because it's uh, you know that's what it's called so he's going to take up an integral part of the plot uh, so what about the supporting players joel uh who else is <laughs> uh, is, is on offer here and how good a job did they do
3: um i mean really it's just about john wick but there as you say there are supporting players um Santino, the kind of guy who gives him the marker, played by Ricardo. I don't even want to say Scamacho. Um He's pretty decent in that you really don't like him, and that's pretty much what he's there to do. Um, you know, when they're in uh, the hotel, you kind of want John Wick to kill him, even though you know you're going to get in trouble. Uh, so, by in that regard, he's kind of done his job. Ian McShane's in there being Ian McShane. Uh Ruby Rose is somebody like I just really cannot get behind like ever. So really. I think she's maybe somebody who could have been cast differently, you know, I just didn't think her character was that great. Uh but uh Cassian, I'm not sure who, who plays Common. him. Common, Common, that's the one. Um Again, I thought he was great, and I totally disagree with what Austin said before that like that John Wick's on another level to everybody. Like uh, Cassian is easily as equal, and the fights between those two, um, again, are very, very well done. And you kind of, it, it's up in the air who wins a lot of the time. Uh, there's a few others uh, Lance Reddick, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, John Luigiamo. Uh, slash Luigi you know they all do <laughs>
1: <laughs> they, did they... he manage to say stupid this film <laughs> if he did then it doesn't show yeah I suppose this time round, if he did break any of his limbs it was probably because of somebody else not because he was pissed <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, so they, they all do they all do respectable jobs you know they do what they're there to do like Alex said they're not going to win any Oscars for the work but when you're in an action film that person is there to drive the pot along, the baddie is there to make you hate him and to make you want to get on the side of the good guy. And as I said, that's exactly what all of them do. There isn't any performances where you watch it and you go, ooh, you know, that doesn't really fit or anything like that. Um, so I wouldn't really say there's any weak links in, in this one. Alex, other, other are than they
4: the going <laughs> uh, to the win any
1: Oscars for their acting in this?
3: Uh, well, I don't think John Wick Chapter 2 is
4: going to be in the Oscars anytime time soon. Uh, but, but should it? But should it? Uh, I thought I'd have to disagree with Joel Aaron and say, actually, Ruby Rose is one of my favourite things in the film. I thought, because she's... Um, uh, a mute in the film and uh, uses sign language and i think mm. some of the things she does like is i don't know i, I like she sort of uh, puts a middle finger up at one point but i sort of rewound it because i just like the way she did it so much i thought she actually did that really really well so i, I liked her in it <laughs> one <laughs> line <laughs> <laughs> so she's able to convey so
1: a lot of emotion without a middle saying finger anything. yeah yeah yeah
4: okay. and um, common as well like joel said like he is a, like a match you can't have everyone matching his power and I thought, there's a nice little interplay. So, you know, Keanu, I think, got a bit of a bad rap in the last little bit. There's a nice little bit where him and Common, he's just killed Common's, um, body, Common's the bodyguard of the mob boss that John Wick kills. And they walk past each other at the party and he goes like, you having a good night? And like John Wick's like, afraid so. Like, you know, it, it's just a nice little bit where they're almost going to, so. dra- yeah, they're going yeah. <laughs> to, but they're about to draw the weapons and stuff like that. And it's a nice little scene. They do it really well. So I th- I thought the acting is really good. It's not just, oh, good
1: enough for an action. It, it's good. How many times does John Wick say, be seeing you?
3: A couple. <laughs> he said, it's signed to the oh, girl, is isn't it? That's
4: great. Oh, Interesting. And Ian McShane uh, is absolutely on fire in this film. He loves it.
1: Okay, uh, Austin, yeah, uh, what would you have it. to say about <laughs> these characters? I mean, d- is Ian McShane on fire uh, for the right reason? <laughs>
4: <laughs> you do have to be clear; he's not actually on fire. <laughs> <But>
1: <laughs> Overall,
0: uh, I didn't. I, he didn't really bother me in any way. Ian McShane, yeah, McShane, yeah he, he's just, he's just. He's just. He's just doing. He's the, like a pointy did His knees, he? like, yeah, he's just this it was the whole the whole thing of it seemed almost like a parody of the first one like you've got this secret society of uh, of assassins and then when that call goes out for john wick there is just millions of assassins like mm. I, over over a dozen assassins are all just in the same corridor between him to wherever he's trying to get to just seems like everyone's an assassin yeah just, it, it, it was just unbelievable and then all all anyone who is a baddie they're all dressed the same anyway I mean that's pretty convenient it's a bit annoying like everyone's just in the same outfits except for the assassins who are all dressed incredibly <laughs> you incredibly, we, incredibly yeah, noticeably what anyway they're wearing one, like yellow velour one one is, are they? Yeah.
1: Do you know? that's one of the yeah. things that the Nazis really struggled with to be honest. <laughs> yeah, they're all wearing they were all wearing the same outfit
0: literally every single uh, person was wearing the same outfit well,
1: that happens it in made world, it, though, it. John Wick's job <laughs> incredibly <laughs> easy to be fair uh, uh so uh, dave um do you agree i mean uh, so uh, these the supporting plays are there any weak links there
2: i would say that maybe maybe there are a couple you're right uh, uh, joel's right when he says the film pretty much revolves around john wick He is your focal point so a lot of the characters even though a lot of them are very good i mean ian mcshane i would happily have seen an entire film based around ian mcshane i'd have ho- had a minute with manager. a bad accent yeah, yeah, they're not Yeah, he can do good accents. He can do bad accents. He, he's Ian McShane. Um, I'd have had a, I did, some of these characters. Like Ian McShane, is a very compelling character in this one. You would have liked to have seen maybe a little more of him, but then I don't know if too much of a good thing. Maybe could have been you know could have marred the film slightly. But there are certain characters, even Common, who plays Cassian. He was actually very good in this, but again, you don't really see enough of him. You don't know enough about the backstory, his history with John Wick. They are just peripheral characters and they're not really given enough time to shine. Decent actors giving reasonable performances with what they're given the work with, but unfortunately that's not very much and it's particularly screen time that lets them down as opposed to the script. You're just not given enough time to get connected to the Yeah,
0: the the entire film is basically a
1: choreography scene. The whole
0: thing is just a big dance scene.
1: So you think it's sort of... um, getting rid of of plot development for just fighting. Essentially, yeah. I mean, and the
0: fights are good. The first, you know, the first half an hour of him. But then the second two half an hours are the same... The same fights you know like they've said before the mm. same completely
3: disagree there there's yeah, a big action set piece s- Action set uh, peace. Peace. just sh- shut up <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's the <judgment>. um,
3: <laughs> in the catacombs which is kind of mid-half but it like goes- midway through and yeah. it's just like i defy you to it's pick like another action film that's got anything like that because it, it is completely unique like i said before for an action film to do something unique now is really impressive so um you know the plot isn't going to win any prizes but it's there and it drives the film along and that's all it needs to do but the action is just pure porn
4: <laughs> wow. well, I was going to follow straight on from there but I don't have to have a split second just It's get is my it, head pure porn that. it is pure porn, porn. Is pure, pure. <laughs> I mean what category <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Joe would be better suited
1: to. Uh, <laughs> um gangbang um, oh. I'd, I'd say, I'd say men i think say men getting loads to the face <laughs>
4: Oh. I've literally forgotten what I was
1: going to oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a question. How many guys get shot in the face?
4: Oh, a lot. Too I mean, early. uncountable. So many. Yeah. Too many. Right, no, I, forgot, I remembered what I was going to say. So the film, yeah, there's loads of action set pieces and it is they are fantastic. But the film knows when to pace itself. This is no sucker punch. This, that's just literally like, here's another action set piece, not connected to anything, enjoy yourself. Um, this film like knows when to take it a little bit slowly. So you have... Um, you have the bit with Lawrence Fishburne where they're talking about, you know, we're talking about the plot and it, you know, it settles, it, it just has these nice moments within the film where everything settles down a little bit, getting ready for the next action sequence. You're not tired of the action by the end of this film. You know, you, you, you're ready for more for John Wick 3
1: so one of the things that uh, we was just saying is that maybe the action is great but it's the plot that connects it all which isn't as great Dave uh, one of the things that's standing out for me here is that John Wick 1 tended to be grounded or like semi-grounded in reality whereas this it's talking about a league of assassins it's talking about you know there's as he said there's like 16 assassins on one train or something stupid and uh, you know it's all about markers and you that's know, a different it's, film mate.
3: 16 assassins on one train <laughs>
1: The film that we need i think <laughs> and, and that's so so what, 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 what do you reckon dave is it is it too much is it is it a bit too fantastical a bit too um serious?
2: it's it's getting close to it it's bordering on it it's it, reality has gone out the window on this one i think completely, completely. the first one was very grounded you know like a lot of films we've seen before you know like uh, this one it goes in a completely different direction and it gets a bit overdone i feel like they got the budget this time you know now john wick's in rome now we've got a budget to play with. We can get Franco Nero to play the, the concierge in the, in the hotel in Rome. I think they got a bit carried away with themselves, maybe got a bit too big, too fast. You know, the first film did so well and was so popular that maybe they overshot themselves a little on this one.
1: Mm so at least that's quite good that they got Franco Nero in to play he looks so out
2: of place though
1: does he <laughs> <laughs> one of my biggest not criticisms... a dog guys sorry <laughs> not a dog man not a dog man <laughs> what are my criticisms like a dog man that sounds like a really shit superhero that you just <laughs> uh, one of my criticisms of the first film was that they had non-Europeans doing terrible European accents uh, uh, specifically Alfie Allen with one of the fucking worst Russian accents I've ever heard in the film is there any of that going on in the second film you say it's a criticism but did it ruin the first film it ruins like that section that he was in but was it memorable yeah, well, yeah so, you? so shut your right face. By, yeah. do you know what? <laughs> just, you know, I, you know, like, sit, sitting on my testicles would be memorable. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know, there, there is at the start, like the the same accents are back, but apart from that, I wouldn't really say there's there's anything bad in there. Oh, I was gonna
0: say, judge this time they got Europeans to do bad European <laughs> accents.
5: <activities.
2: Yeah, yeah. laughs> well, technically, yeah, Alf, Alfie Allen's British. Technically, they yeah, did first yeah, time it's around. It's as well. sure, and sure. as well,
3: like imagine if they'd got you on board, Gav, they'd be like, "Where's Dracula?"
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: I <laughs> know, uh, glass houses, mate. Well, uh, well, uh, well, I've not millions of dollars to do this.
0: One thing in the, uh, like, to carry on from this fantastic element is timelines seem to go out the window. The length of time it takes to do anything. Not really. And I, I know it's a plot device, but it's. It's a little bit frustrating that what, what things happen instantly. Like, traveling, like to and from. Yeah, you, know, you can more. go. Uh, yeah, anywhere, almost instantly, anywhere Just like the city. in Men in Black International.
1: Just like in the Men in Black International. Yeah, but get, you know get the underground alien speed rail.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, pretty much. that's well he must have been on the assassin, the assassin into interlink or something. Yeah, he's got <laughs> a special metro just for those guys. That's why there were so many of them on the same train. Checking
1: yeah. the old thing, uh, subsidized metro cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: You have to use one of those little gold coins to get in. That's what it is. But. Yeah, yeah like things like it gets a suit made within like 6 hours man it
4: takes takes a bulletproof hours, suit a bulletproof, a bulletproof suit yeah. a very
2: flexible bulletproof yeah. suit is it, it, been it been looks so like so any so other entertaining
4: suit for john wick yeah. just been waiting for his suit for 10 years yeah this, his this beard is really on in
2: reality, <laughs> yeah, great <laughs> no it's very flexible talking about reality a very flexible suit <laughs> that looks like any other suit but it's completely bulletproof
1: Okay, Alex, <laughs> laughing, uh, who gives a shit? <laughs> uh,
4: no, right. But I feel like yeah, I feel like the prosecution started off talking about how this was more of the same, and now we're talking about oh, it's all fantastical and all different. Yeah, the new bit
2: sounds good though.
4: <laughs> right, but it, I think it needed to explore these new bits, and I think they're absolute. I think they are good. I think the bit with the suit, you go with it. Yeah, it's not real. But then again, you know what I mean. John Wick would just take one bullet and be down. It's not a real film we're watching, and it's just that level of fantasy enough. It explores the new elements that it's bringing up explains them but doesn't over explain them it's just it gets it gets that part is just right Mm. in this but do
0: you remember when you watched men in black the very first men in black (laughs) yeah and then remember when you watched the very first john wick you think shit this is really good these are great films what like two very different films however you get to men in black 2 you've got bigger guns more outrageous just readily available you get to men in black international and everything's just there up on a plate ready for you. I mean, I would John say Wick Men in Black, 2, Black
5: shit,
1: yeah. <laughs> John Wick 2 is exactly the same. Just everything is John just Week there. John Wick 2 is it's not just... the
4: same as Men in Black 2. Honestly, Honestly, so it, to be
1: fair, I think you are like comparing a chocolate bar to a plate of diarrhoea, you know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> I Men in Black International
4: was all right, really. But I'm just trying to figure <laughs>
1: out, is it a nice chocolate bar? That's what I want to find out. Uh, t- t- uh, so, Dave, how does this film end? How, how's it wrapped up? So, uh, shit hit the fan. He's, um, oh, it,
2: Excommunicado.
1: Excommunicado. So, so, how, so, how does that end? So, he shoots, uh, Santino. Yep. Uh, in the in the continental, yeah,
2: which was completely unsatisfying. By the way, <laughs> that's a, that wasn't the end I wanted to see for Santino. I thought I was hoping to be a bit more drawn out than that.
1: Really? So, yeah, so just... How does how does his character how, how's that resolve? To...
2: With Santino, wow, he
1: loses brain.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> <he> basically, yeah. <laughs> San, Santino's taunting him and doesn't even have a chance to realise what's about to happen. John Wick just takes his gun out and shoots him in the head. And that's it. Kind of you know, it gets the job done, but it's a little underwhelming after the fantastic action sequences mm-hmm. we've just seen before. So that was a bit of a letdown, I feel. But after that, Ian McShane's character has no choice but to excommunicado, excommunicate, I should say, uh, John Wick. So that essentially ends it. It ends with um, Ian McShane. You know. Meeting with John Wick and explaining, you know, this is you know this is how it had to be, John, that sort of thing. You know, I'll give you twenty four hours, and just basically cuts around a number of assassins around the city as the the message comes through to their pages or their phones that John Wick is now fair game. I you mean, know, there's a bounty on his head, and that's pretty much it. And it just like uh, we mentioned it before, it just basically sets up a sequel, okay, blatantly.
1: But Joel, uh, what Dave's described there is essentially sounds like playing a game, uh, getting to the final fight scene, and then it just crashing. Uh, is is that, is that the case? Is is the final death satisfying? Uh,
3: well, I wouldn't really say it's the final death. It's not even that... I think it's like a bit before the end. Uh, there's a fair bit that happens after that anyway, but I think I think it is quite satisfying. Like, you know, the... Um, Christ, I've forgotten his name about five times. Santino. On this Santino. Like he's all smug, like he's really, really smug because he's in like the, the hotel and he knows that John Wick can't kill him. So he's got this big smug grin on his face and he, you know, he, he's eating posh food and that type of stuff. And John Wick just goes tough shit and shoots him in the face basically. Um, so I, I thought that was satisfying and I kind of liked the way that it happened before the end as well. It didn't just end like that. It then went on and you have the scenes with the uh, kind of assassins on the street. Um, and then at the at the end, uh, when Ian McShane says, you know, you're fair game now, basically. I think it ends quite well because you see... Uh, like the the telephone workers who kind of put out the message that there's a contract on somebody and then all people's phones start beeping, but obviously not everybody in a, is an assassin. So you see kind of John Wick looking around no, and as he's, as he's walking down the street, you know, it could just be somebody on, on their phone. Uh, so there's that kind of, uh, you know... Uh, Like, he he can't really trust anybody, type of aspect to it. And I think it sets up the the third one really well without kind of pushing it on you too far. It doesn't leave it on, like, a cliffhanger kind of like, Mm. you know, with The Walking Dead in that season where it's Mm. who did Negan kill? It's not like that at all. It's just, you know, if you enjoyed it, go and watch John Wick 3. That's pretty much all it does.
1: Is is there a bit where, like, somebody gets a notification on the phone that they've been outbid on something on eBay? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 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 Uh, uh...
2: Yeah, just to say that, you know, what Joe was saying about not everyone's an assassin. It seems like every other person in that it's park is it's like, everyone's phone around him is, is ringing You know they're all like oh shit John Wick fair game there he is and it's just every other person does seem to be an assassin at that point It's like New that's York the thing you don't see them all
3: being assassins, it just kind of makes a point to show people looking at the yeah, phone. Some trust. sort of phone
0: orientated flash mob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know, well, there is a flash mob right before that when he, um, everyone in the park stops. Yeah. While he tells them that you now executed. So everyone in the park was oh. an assassin at one point, and then he says, "You've got an hour to start." <laughs> then he gets up, <laughs> and we
4: all been We lost then- that game. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: the, the th- like one of the most disappointing points about the end is that. The sequel's set up without anywhere for John Wick to go. You can't develop a character when all he's got to do is just fight for the next one and a half hours. To be so fair, John Wick three is like essentially what's I gonna would happen. Watch isn't that? <laughs> it could, how does he fight his way out of this? Well, the same way that, he did the last one and a half hours, see, probably. See, see that's,
4: <laughs> see, that's the thing. Like the danger of the character, I would say, would be you made John Wick so powerful that he's basically unkillable. Yeah, you know. So I think what they needed to do was to like change it a little bit. So you know, it's, it's shocking when he kills Santini because the whole thing is like don't kill people on continental ground. So he blows his brains out without warning. I think that's really well done. Yeah. and they needed to make something like a threat to John Wick because literally nothing threatens the guy. You know. So having all the assassins and they change it so he can't go to the continental now, and he looks a bit scared as he 's running through the park. And he's starting to look a little bit nervous which you haven't seen him do that's a good character development you're like oh Mm. what's going to happen in this third film things have changed now John Wick might not be completely he's not going to have as many fancy
1: suits and he's not (laughs) going to exactly yeah But 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 does that not back him up against the wall and say like okay well where did they go after John Wick 3 if everybody in the entire world is after him if he then beats everybody in the third film what happens Well, we'll see in John Wick 4 (laughs) mate I just want to see John Wick (laughs) 3 first just two quick questions the first one uh, is this just to everybody this is the reunion of um, Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne they haven't been to the seen together since The Matrix uh, how, how did that go I mean it sounds like quite a momentous uh, pairing or, or a reunion um, or neither I mean, one of them mentioned it
0: which was disappointing
2: <laughs> <laughs> just rude wasn't it <laughs> maybe like come on John take a pill <laughs>
3: They, they didn't have a great deal of interaction, but you you know it's not like when you watch it you're like oh yeah first time since the Matrix because I mean I would be you know the I Matrix left some sad, right mem- s- left some sad memories some for some people um, what the, f- the, second, the second, second and the third <laughs> one uh, so yeah you know it's uh, it's not really you know something that I went to see the film for.
2: Okay, uh, uh, I just want to say I know we normally do the trivia after this, but it's it's very relevant right now, so I just thought I'd throw it in there now. Um, if you look on the Bowery King's desk when they're in that scene with it in his office, uh, there's a pair of Morpheus' glasses. Oh, really? Yeah, just so Well, it was in there. I thought that this is my trivia. Let's get it done. A <laughs> fantastic little Easter egg. That's it. Keep an eye out. <laughs> look at the desk. what? what? Look at the film. Bins. What a treat! Uh, and, uh, there's, there's just one
1: quick little question I'd like to ask. Here. So, um, one of the things I liked about the first one there was a bit of uh, gender equality. One of the assassins was female uh you know and she was just as much of a badass as the male assassins as well is is the more of that in this film or yeah it, you love rose? this ruby yeah, yeah. rose is pretty badass she's she's probably the one that gives him the best fight in the
4: film okay and like take you know is so i i think also the mob boss um she's not a fighter but she's clearly a very powerful strong woman in it so yeah no i think i think there is good gender equality Do dave agree
2: um. Yeah, I'll give him that. One. I'd say the best fight in the film is him versus Cassian. To be fair, but, yeah, this I is, mean, that,
4: argue she, arguably, but not. She, she, she does sure. up a good. Yeah, yeah she's, go. she's okay. a fair
2: henchman. Yeah,
0: I yeah, agree. And yeah, um, and and the other the, the Italian lady, um, yeah, is is clearly very very powerful, powerful enough oh. and respected enough by Keanu's uh, by John Wick okay. to let her kill herself.
1: Okay. And uh, yeah. finally, everyone on a scale of Michael Bublé to Michael Bay, where does this fit? Aussie? Which is the good wait. side.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where do Which we want to be on that one? scale? Well, well, in well right, over right over the in the middle, so we're nowhere near the other side. <laughs> <But we're laughs> over, Michael Bublé
0: <laughs> is over the top swing.
1: And Michael Bay is over the top. Yeah, M- Michael Bublé is like Granny's favorite. Michael Bay is okay. explosions every second. You know what I mean? That's that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm going to go like for Michael or-
3: Michael Bay, but with a bit of Christmas version of Michael Bublé in there as well. Ooh, just, okay,
0: good. So I like that. I'm going to say Michael Bay dressed as Michael Bublé. Oh
1: yeah, okay. Go
4: that, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do the opposite and say Michael Bublé but dressed as Michael. <laughs> oh no, no, no <laughs> you don't like that.
5: Don't Damn.
2: Like that. <laughs> I'm going to say Michael Bay making a film with Michael Bublé. Oh yeah, okay. That is the perfect. <laughs> (laughs) are you
1: for me (laughs) the life of michael buble directed
2: (laughs) oh no it's a film about killer robots in space buble's just in it
1: (laughs) seriously who would not watch that film (laughs) (laughs) okay well i've got a lot to think over so i think we're gonna hand it over to dave for a bit of a quiz
2: yeah can do so this quiz is about john wick's best friend pencils in film no it's on-, <laughs> <laughs> it's on dogs in film uh, and pencils in <laughs> films would have been a bit of fucking boss <laughs> you know what I kind of wish yeah. I'd done that now I kind of, what no, HB does my is- <laughs> but no this will be on dogs in films and there's a lot of bonus points up for grabs here guys you'll see you'll get the gist of it as we go along Alex would you keep score because with the bonus points I am never going to be able to keep track no worries okay so I'm just going to go around you're going to get a question you're going to get a little bonus you question think
0: about a Dave quiz is that somebody does actually keep score and doesn't just make
1: it <laughs> Up at the end based <laughs> yeah. on how you think people have done. Yeah. <laughs> Who was loudest? <laughs> Didn't you win the last quiz that I did? Yeah, of course, One but I did. Bastard. But I did terribly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, Gav. John Hughes co-wrote Beethoven using the alias Edmund Dantes. What is this a reference to?
1: Um, Dante's
2: Peak it's not Alex still (laughs) pointing it is Count of Monte (laughs) Cristo And I'll let you have your bonus point if you can though Gav what kind of dog is Beethoven I
1: just literally said T before this isn't about fucking dog beats yeah it is it is Is St Bernard it It is is St Bernard you get a point
2: Austin Turner and Hooch is your is going to be your film. Reginald Val Johnson co-stars as detective David Sutton in which film did he play another police officer? <laughs> oh, Jesus
0: Christ. RoboCop. Oh, no. Come on man. No idea. No I never don't never heard of Turner I don't and Hooch. not wanna steal? Yeah. Yeah. Bam.
1: Die yeah. Die Hard. Is Die Hard. Oh. Point for and technically uh, Family Matters I was near cop in that as well. Possibly so actually. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Aussie uh, for your bonus point, what kind of dog is uh, Hooch? Greyhound. No. Labrador? No.
4: Is it like a big bulldog? It's like a big slavery one, isn't it? Yeah, big slavery dog. This
2: this one's one of the trickier ones. It's apparently a Bordeaux mastiff. I would have accepted bull mastiff or something on those lines. What
1: did I say? A bulldog,
2: I think. I did say a dog, though, did I not? You You did say a dog. You did say a dog. (laughs) I think, Joel, you're getting off quite easy on this one, mate. What is the namesake of Marley in Marley and Me? Well, it was me. No, who's, who, Marley. Why is Marley named Marley? Who is the namesake?
3: Um, his dad? No. His granddad?
2: No. Beep. Yeah, Gav? Bob Marley? It is Bob Marley. <laughs> really? <laughs> and Joel, let you have your bonus point. What kind of dog is Marley? A Labrador. It is a Labrador. <laughs> I'll tell <laughs> you yeah. that. Yeah. Alex, you're up. Yes. In Hachi, A Dog's Tale, which US actor stars? Um, it was very poor English. I didn't run that one right. Say again. Hatchy in Hatchy a dog's tail. Who is your, who's your main man?
4: Uh, I don't know. Lawrence Olivier.
2: Not Lawrence Olivier. Gav. Uh, Richard Gere. It is Richard Gere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were close. You, were
1: so close. <laughs> Did you say that Richard Gere is the Lawrence Olivier <laughs> dog <laughs> <built>. um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Alex your bonus boy. What kind of dog is Hatchy? Uh, Shih Tzu. No, but it's I a good guess.
3: No, I can't remember what it's called.
2: Anyone? No, no it's Nikita. Oh. Nikita? Yeah, Nikita. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the, 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 dog, the dog that L. Typical John Richard sang about. Gere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gav. Hello.
2: The late Michael Nyquist stars as villain Vigo Tassarov in the first John Wick film. Yes. For which trilogy is he best known?
1: Gail with the dragon tattoo.
2: I accept Millennium trilogy? Correct. Oh. And
1: <laughs> 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 accepted, but he did sound disappointed.
2: <laughs> what kind of dog is Daisy, John Wick's first dog? Uh, oh Jesus, I don't know. Uh, oh um
1: uh, uh, fuck it, I don't know. Pug. Not a pug. A, a labrador. <laughs> it's not a labrador. Stick him with the labrador. <laughs> Sorry guys. Uh, Eddie from oh, Jack, it's it's not, don't let him Google it. it. It's, what, Jack,
2: a Russell? A it's Jack Russell. It's not a Jack Russell. Shit. No, I'm sorry, I'm going to let that one go. It's a beagle. Shit. Oh,
1: fudge. Right. Like, like a Jeremy a dog beagle? As well.
2: I had a question here about <laughs> Peter Stormar's hands. nationality, but um, that was mentioned earlier, so I'm going to let that one go. So, Austin, I'm going to ask you. Swedish. <laughs> <It's me this. laughs> what was the first film that Peter Stormar starred in with Keanu Reeves?
3: Um, Jesus. Mm. Dave's Quiz is always hard.
2: Yeah. Oh. Eumonic, man. It's a good guess. It's a good guess, but it's oh, no. yes, okay. Constantine. It is Constantine. Um, Play the devil. He did. He did. <laughs> on, and he Ozzie, <laughs> what kind of dog is John Wick's second dog? It's appearing in John Wick Two. That's a that's a dog, isn't it? No. You know what I'm going to accept Pitbull uh, American Staffordshire Terrier. Doesn't seem happy about it I will yeah. accept no,
1: no, it's not quite right that's why but I'll have it it had the word bull in it mate I
2: would have yeah. accepted it Joel ridiculously difficult question for you who voiced Chance in Homeward Bound um, Jackie Chan not Jackie Chan <laughs> <laughs> would have loved that <laughs> bam bam go, oh, on Gav you got go that first is that
1: gonna you're close again
2: though You're so close with Olivia. Which one is Chance? Mickey Lawrence Rooney? Fishburne it's not Mickey Rooney Bear no. We're talking about Homeward Bound here by the way Yeah, Kate Russell It's not Kurt R- It's Michael J. Fox uh, uh, And Joel What kind of dog is Chance? Uh, Labrador uh, <laughs> Bear. Yeah,
1: <laughs> golden retriever.
2: No, oh, oh. that was shadow. Collie. Shadow was the golden retriever. Collie. No, American bulldog. Uh, <laughs> so close. Oh, I think you
1: should have say bulldog know, know?
2: again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throw that one out. Everyone else Alex. is using the same answer again
1: <laughs>
0: until I get it
2: right. Alex, <laughs> how many Oscars did the artist win? Uh, three. No. Oh. Anyone? <laughs> Seven. <laughs> just go give us a number, Zero. guys. Yo, just keep giving me numbers till someone guess Five, it. Four. Boom. gets it. Five. Five. I'll get point. Yes. drop yours. And the reason why this question's in there, Alex, what kind of dog was Oopla, co-star of the artist? Jack Russell. He was a Jack Russell. Give yourself a point. Yes. What, oh no, I need to, to, that was the bonus question. I'll give you this one first. Who provided the voice of the young and the grown-up copper in Fox and the Hound? So uh, one of those answers, one of those actors. The young one is uh, Kate Russell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, Fox and the Hound. Fox and the Hound. Yeah, wasn't one of them Kate Russell? I'm giving you that. The okay. adult one was Kurt Russell. The younger one was Corey Feldman. Okay, yeah, yeah. And what kind of dog is Copper? They're a fucking dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to accept that one. I'm feeling generous, but I'm not going to accept that. He's uh, a bloodhound. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking knew
1: that as well. But I didn't. But, you know, I know it now you've told me. Which <laughs> is almost the same as knowing before. It was trippy, a <laughs> bloodhound. He's what? Droopy? Isn't he a bloodhound?
2: Yeah, of some description. Uh,
1: Isn't the band Bloodhound Gang comprised of bloodhounds?
2: (laughs) I believe so. These days, yeah. 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 (laughs) Okay, Austin. According to Jerry Maron, who played one of the munchkins in Wizard of Oz, he and his other little people (laughs) actors were paid $50 a week for their work. How much was Terry, who played Toto, paid per week?
0: I reckon... How many munchkins were there? Um lots. I don't I don't know. I reckon Terry was paid three hundred pounds, the equivalent of three hundred pounds a week.
2: To be fair, this is quite an unfair question now. I think about it. You're never gonna get the figure bang on that. I'll tell you what, I'd have another guess, and if you're twenty five dollars either side of it, I'll let you have it.
0: And they got fifty dollars. They got fifty dollars a week. What did the dog get a week?
2: Dog got uh, five hundred and seventy three pounds. <laughs> okay, not quite that much. Not quite that yeah, go on. Hundred. You know, I'll give you that twenty five dollars yeah. either side, hundred and twenty five dollars. Wow nice. Wow. Yeah, well done. And what a, what a life. Uh, Austin, what kind of dog was Terry who played Toto in Wizard of Oz?
3: A little dog. A little white it dog It was a little, uh, little black dog. A baby Labrador. Uh, he wasn't a baby dad. <laughs> baby Jet Russell. <laughs>
2: he, is, a, he is a Cairn Terrier. I would have accepted Scottish Terrier or something yeah. along those lines. Oh, so close like again. <laughs>
0: I'm like, I'll end you with Terrier, but there's so many of them, I do not want to take a guess. Joel. A like Yorkshire
3: Terrier. You know. <laughs> Could have had any more. We've already had the answer now, has not we?
2: Joel, 2009's Up was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars, making it the second animated film to be so. What was the first? What was the question? Up <laughs> yeah. was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. It's the second animated film to uh, get that honour. Spirited Away. No, good guess. It was Beauty and the Beast. Oh. What kind of dog is Doug? Dog's tail all this time. Um, I'm going to go with <laughs> <laughs> a Labrador. <laughs> you know a Labrador. what? I'm going to... no. Actually, no, I can't. I <laughs> can't let you have that. Go Gold, on. Golden Retriever. Golden Retriever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same dog. I was going to give you a Labrador. It's like, no, it's not. It's a long, it's a hairy dog. They look thing.
1: similar achieve this, mate.
2: Final question, you'll be <laughs> relieved to hear, guys. K9 <laughs> saw James Belushi work alongside a police dog named Jerry Lee. Oh. Which of the two direct the video sequels did James Belushi also appear in? <laughs> is it K911, bam, is it K9PI, or is it both of them? K19
4: widowmaker. <laughs> <laughs>
5: That's
4: what happens to the dog after I'm going to go with the second one.
2: Bah. You'd be wrong, Gav. Both, both is correct. Ah. So, come on, Alex. Come Tricks, on, trick question. Didn't have much going on. Trick question. They. And Alex, what kind of dog? Was Jerry
3: Lee The hound. Alsatian oh. Alsation. Give Joel a point. So come like that, Gav.
4: <laughs> there you go. I've no uh, idea what you no, guys did. No, now Joel's just said that That's you fine. got two and you got seven, Gav. So. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Does that mean Gav wins. Gav wins. Well, so well done, Gav. What's up? Um, this? a dog
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll go well with your two cats yeah. <laughs>
3: seven Lapidors
1: right okay so um, I'm gonna try and keep this short and sweet guys uh, I have seen John Wick before, uh, John Wick 2 sorry and uh, I'm not gonna lie to you I thought it was shit uh, I thought it was, as, as you know, the guys have seen before, too fantastical, just too much. Uh, the plot wasn't good enough. It was just action for action's sake. Um, and, you know, going into this, I would have said, yeah, it's going on the shit list. But I think you guys have swayed me enough to say, you know what? It sounds all right. It sounds like the action does make up for any like poor bits of script or development. And the, the cast and the performances and the fight choreography and, you know, the action scenes were good enough to make up for any other like areas that might have been lacking. And so, sorry, Dave and Ozzy, but this one's going on the hit list. It, it,
4: it's just as well because if you literally said at the end of a podcast oh, I watched it before and it's shit <laughs> <laughs> it would have made the entire thing a little redundant yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> it's been great having you all around to talk about it <laughs> but it's shit, I've actually <laughs> already seen it <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the judge, I saw that guy mad at the other page <laughs> anyway. um, oh yeah so honest opinions then uh, Joel and Alex uh, did you like it as much as you said you did? um
3: Well, we didn't actually say it, so don't put words in our mouth. Please, me. <laughs> okay, yeah, <Kevin>. moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, the action's great, but it, it's definitely weaker than the first one. I'm unfortunate in that I haven't seen the third one yet, and I think that's great. And I think number two is considered to be the weakest of the bunch, but I think it's on the right list. I still think it, it's a good film,
4: Alex. I liked it the second time I watched it more. I liked it the first time, but I did think the, the main thing that I agree with Dave is the action gets a little bit repetitive. He keeps like sort of throwing himself on the floor, putting villains' legs, heads between his legs, and then blowing their brains out. Yeah, exactly. Which is which is, is that bad though. It's great for the first time, but it does. I think it happens about eight times, and you're a bit like, oh, you know, what I mean, if I was well, between his legs, I'd see. It if coming. you're like
1: a fifty-plus year old assassin, and you're getting jumped by these younger guys, fifty-plus. Well, yeah, I mean, how old is Keanu Reeves? He's got to be over fifty, ain't he? it's too late like for you
2: 74 uh, i
1: think <laughs> 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 yeah, 10 yeah, years yeah. off you'd as well you'd just be relying on your old tricks, wouldn't you you wouldn't it's true yeah. I think the others would have learned it by and, now. That, see, like, the I'm legend that defend, is it, John now?
2: Wick. Yeah. Yeah. These yeah. are
0: all his moves. This should be what they teach teaching, like in Assassin's School. It's how to be like John
1: Wick, and then they'd know all of his tricks. And then, well, then the film would essentially just end. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just don't go on the floor. You go on the floor, you're dead. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Austin. Then I mean, t- I, I really
0: enjoyed it. There's the fuck all plot, but the action's great, so it's easy watch, and it's uh,
1: and he dressed as well, so it's nice. Okay, and uh, Captain Dave for checking.
2: Yeah, I, I liked it. I think it's a good film. I think it's a really good, solid cast, like the guys were saying before. I, I do. Uh, that's a genuine gripe about the action. It does get repetitive. Have a look at it again. People do just tend to run into the camera shot and get shot by by uh, John Wick. But other than that, yeah, you, you get what you pay for. You
4: had Ian McShane, and did we even have to ask Dave? <laughs> I know, like, for,
1: for a split second, I thought you were going to badmouth Ian did you, McShane. Did you not, did you no not notice he was crying? No, <laughs> when we when we brought up Ian McShane, you almost went to say something about Ian McShane and then just cowered. Yeah, I couldn't. You Puckers remembered what there. he did it's to over Frank did like not you? Take, <laughs> can you take this one, please, Ozzy?
0: I
4: just can't bring myself to say <laughs> it. What was the guy in the the demon? What was that oh, That Dick terrible? Mill. And then he Dick Miller. Died. Died. Well, he
2: died, yeah. he <laughs> didn't Dick, die like immediately afterwards. He, That's Dave, like, Dave, Dave said Dick done.
4: Miller was just playing Dick Miller and, he, and at the end he was like, I just want to apologise if Dick Miller's <laughs> listening
1: to
2: this podcast. <laughs> like, Send a wreath to his widow. Can you imagine if
1: Dick Miller would have gone on our podcast, listened to it and died before he heard your apology. <laughs> 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 I'm
2: not taking that chance with Ian McShane, <laughs> mate, not taking that chance.
1: Okay, so higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Men in Black International, which scored 38 out of 100 on Metacritic. Higher, 71. I'm 69. On 69. Metacritic? Goes, goes
3: 66. On. I'm going to say uh, 81.
1: Uh, ooh, hello. Uh, okay, so Brucey is. Uh, I mean, come on, he played the game. Uh, 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 Brucey is, is closest. It's 75 out of 100, so well done there. Uh, so once again, I put up a poll on Twitter over the weekend and I asked our friends and followers which list John Wick 2 should be placed on. A whopping 75% of our listeners decided that it should be placed on the hit list. So Metacritic is spot on. 75 out of 100 people agree that it's boss. Uh, Okay, and before we adjourn the case, I think it's time for a little bit of a caption contest. So what I do here is I take a screenshot of the film and I put it on Twitter and ask our friends and followers to provide a caption with the funniest one winning a frog-shaped chocolatey treat. Okay, so the caption I've got here is John Leguizamo's Aurelio looking pensively at John Wick's incredibly battered car. So all you guys are going to do is pick the funniest one. Starting with, yeah, dude, it was like that Wolf of Wall Street scene. Yeah, that's that's enough. Uh, 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 some of these are just like one of them's just john wick will you marry me oh yeah i suppose because he's bending down i just thought that that was some guy really (laughs) really big big fan of the uh, (laughs) john wick there Uh, sorry john i just don't think a judge is gonna believe you when you say you just hit some ferrets (laughs) 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 um yeah i can fix this in a day or two this will buff right out Uh, (laughs) damn it john were you watching fast and the furious again uh, are you sure it was just a pigeon? <laughs> uh, so did someone give your dog a funny look again? <laughs> uh, I thought I was in good hands with Flo. I don't know what that is. Um, you're not, You're just not very good at retiring, are you? <laughs> and last one is, you have my words as a used car salesman. It's supposed to look like this. All of the 2019s have that open front end feature. <laughs> I'm going to go with ferrets. Yeah, ferrets for me. Ferrets, any, any anybody else? Uh, I you? like I the
0: l- last one, but, um, but... Did you? I really like the first one. That that made me chuckle, the uh, Wolf of Wall Street.
1: Well, okay, well, it's uh, majority rules. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, so, Ferrets win. Sorry, John, I just don't think the judge is going to believe you that you hit some Ferrets. So, congratulations to Smets... Uh, not even speak. Sweating the small stuff uh, podcast. You have just won yourselves Alfredo. Freddo. Well done. Okay, so... Just before we call it a day, I wanted to give a shout-out to one of our podcasting friends, Bang Average Podcast. It's uh, Nate and Tyler, uh, two lads. They, they basically just talk about films each week. Very funny. Uh, they have a great time. Uh, they talk about some really good films, for example, Akira and The Shining. And they also talk about some absolute steaming dung piles like Inspector Gadget and National Treasure, which I actually quite like, to be fair, so I don't know why I said that. Uh, the Nicholas anyway, Cage one? Uh, yeah, it is the Nicolas Cage one. Good Essentially, film. Nicolas Cage uh, steals the Constitution, isn't it? At the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right, uh, fucking hell, this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> but it's say. a good film, that's what I was going to say. I thought it was in play. another Sunday. No? I mean, that should be something that we should put on trial. It's like, it, like a, is it a Sunday, Sunday film?
0: afternoon film that you can just throw on and not do anything. If you had a hangover, you could watch that.
1: Yeah. Uh, as in like you couldn't actually get up to turn it off (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway (laughs) anyway, check out Bang Average Movie Podcast it's really funny as I said before the hosts have great chemistry so uh, what more do you want it's great check it out Uh, you can get them uh, at bamoviepodcast.podbean.com or you can follow them on twitter at bamoviepodcast so like always our next film has been picked out of the hat at random and it is a film that our good friend Alex has picked and it is charlie's angels oh so alex would you like to say why you picked charlie's angels
4: because uh, to be honest, i loved it when i was a kid and a teenager but obviously i would sure probably would have liked charlie's angels when i was a teenager <laughs> but i just watched it the other i watched it the other week and i was like no actually I, I think i still like charlie's angels and i thought it'd be interesting a little bit because you know it was done i can't remember can't remember exactly when two thousand around those times pretty,
3: yeah. yeah did you dress up as one of them when you were little when i was little uh
4: but i you know i think actually because you know obviously it's about you know strong women in films we've brought it up quite a lot on this podcast and i thought it'd be interesting to have a talk about
1: you know is it dated is it is it current i think it's current so yeah okay let's do it right well you'll be happy to know that obviously you're going to be defending it and you're going to be defending it with aussie oh yeah, uh, right. And it is on Amazon Prime at the moment, as obviously, so you can check that it out. I am very lucky because I've spent a lot of money on shit
0: films these days. <laughs> and, uh, I'm hoping this one's a good one. Thanks, man.
1: Uh, so, in prosecution, is going to be Joel and Dave so look forward to that one and that means that I'm going to be the judge again so without uh, further hesitation just to say thank you very much to everybody's listened to this episode please remember to like share and subscribe tell all your friends tell your family whether it be by pigeon carrier or through an elaborate international communications network by run by heavily tattooed operators <laughs> just spread the warm love <laughs> it is films on trial in as many years as possible remember to follow us on twitter at film trials check out our fantastic graphic artist Winston sang at the underscore quirks and And check us out on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, whatever. And why not uh, recommend the film for us to put on trial? And let us know what you think of this new format. So that is it. Thank you very much, everyone. John Wick Chapter 2 is a hit, and we'll be in your ears next week with...